Today is Thursday, October 25th, 2007, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on the October 25th, 2007 edition of Radio Wave. The host of our program is a friend of Medjugorje, and tonight he will be discussing the message given earlier today by Our Lady for the World through Maria. And now our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, we want to welcome everybody tonight to be with us again, and uh, we always have a certain anticipation on the 25th and praying even the day before Our Lady gives it knowing that these messages once we've uh, walked with Our Lady for these last 21 years in our mission with and now knowing that there's 26 years of apparitions that these messages that manifest themselves now through Our Lady's plan on the 25th of each month as messages for the world and these messages are to prepare us for our eternity our walk here but also for the age we're coming into and the last ages of the world. So they're history. And because of their history, they're important for us to pay attention and, and look at them in that context. It's um, very difficult to stay in a progression of conversion, yet Our Lady has an expectation that happens. She told us that conversion is a process that will last the rest of your life. And uh, it's easy for those who want it, but she related another message that it was also difficult at the same time on a continued conversion. And so today's message reflects that. And I'm going to ask Joan, she's with us in the studio, to read this message today. And um, we've heard some people already today, some friends in France, that, that uh, struck them in a certain way. And, and the message, of course, is for us as an individual. It's from Our Lady to you, to your heart, not to give to your husband, not to give to your wife. It's solely you and God and Our Lady and what she asks. And then at the same time, it parallels that and the genius they're given for the whole world. And in parallel with that is for the whole future and everybody yet to be born. And for the last man who takes the last breath that walks this earth. So these are timeless messages. They are messages with life that can speak to six and a half billion people who walk the face of the earth, telling each one, each of those individuals something in their life that day, and then next year they read the same message, something that applies to their life at that point. So they're very much uh, filled with the wisdom, but also a quality that's given very loosely, that they're not so specific, tied to history, or dated, that they're dead messages. So that has caused people really to look at these messages as simplistic, repetitious, saying the same old thing. 
And they miss the whole point. There are, there are a framework, an outline, and a portrait that's placed in it may be you, but it fits you for all, every day of your life. And so when you're placed in this frame, you can take these messages and, and see them. And we see, we, we see messages. We've got something that may impact us in the community as a whole community or as an individual. And the same exact message two years later completely speak to us something we never saw into it. But we had matured in our conversion or we had digressed in our conversion or something had been weak in what we were doing or we had polished in what we were doing in our spiritual life. And, and all these variables work in this message. And, and so they're loosely given to give the maximum room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So when you hear this message read, uh, take that view of it. <clears throat> that today may say something and tomorrow something different. Uh, we've seen the miracle of the message. And that is the miracle of these messages. And that's why our lady says, I'm going to give you something. She actually didn't say something. She said messages. But I'm saying the word something. Referring to them, put it in a different context. As I as as never begin as never in the beginning, uh, as never in history rather since the beginning of the world. Uh, what does that mean? How do you view that word? Those words of Our Lady. I'm going to give you messages that has never been in the history since the beginning of the world. Now we talk about that. You've heard me say it many many times, but it's it's. Something should be thought about and contemplated every time a message comes up. Here's a message. Here's words from heaven. Here's something our lady gave us today that's for everybody upon the earth. And we must realize that there's much more to them than simple words. Or as many people say, oh, they're just repetitions. They say the same old thing. Which our lady addresses those, that mentality because... Those are the ones often that lead our, leave Our Lady. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray first, and then Joan will read the message after the prayer, and we'll discuss that further. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Mary, we come to you tonight knowing that you appeared upon the face of the earth, not in a vapor or, or something that would be elusive that you could stick your hand through like a fog, but in a glorified body, transfigured, just the way Peter, James, and John saw Jesus transfigured in his glorified body, you are present upon the earth among us. And in being among us, the visionary, and in particular Maria, who received the message today, spoke to you just as we do the people, person next to us or in front of us, where she could see you, she could touch you, and she could audibly hear you, both with her ears and interiorly in her heart. We can't understand that. We can't grasp that. And you told us so. You told us that your words cannot be understood, or rather, your words cannot be comprehended without prayer. So that makes us realize that we have to pray to read what we see ink on paper to go back to the heights of what Maria experiences in hearing your words. And so we pray tonight that we understand how to approach these messages, the seriousness of how to, why we must approach these messages for the times and the crisis and the signs of the times that we're being shown, that we're in a desperate situation, that you're not coming because the world is in a healthy state. You're coming because the world is in a very sick, sick state. 
And in this state, you've come drawn out and bring it back to health. And these messages are medicine for the world. Just as the last chapter of the book of Revelation says, words clear as crystal, issued from the land, from the land who gives them your son Jesus. So we pray tonight that our hearts be open, that having just discussed this, talk about it, pray and meditate and contemplate it, that we'll be more open to your plan, we'll step forward more deeply into your plan, and we'll come more in union with what you asked of us. And if we've left you, we'll return. Amen. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Lady of Medjugorje's <laughs> October 25th, 2007, monthly message for the world. Dear children, God sent me among you out of love that I may lead you towards the way of salvation. Many of you opened your hearts and accepted my messages, but many have become lost on this way and have never come to know the God of love with the fullness of heart. Therefore, I call you to be light, I'm sorry, I call you to be love and light where there is darkness and sin. I am with you and bless you all. Thank you for having responded to my call. And, of course, you'll understand more about this message tomorrow and more five years from now. You know, ten years ago, you'll, you'll look back on yourself, you see yourself as a fool. Ten years from now, you'll look back today and see yourself as a fool. And so we need to realize that, that um, where we are at the moment is always a cause of, of humility. That as we progress in conversion and progress and understand what God's doing, while we might at that moment say, boy, I'm glad I know what I know, and it's so much more than 10 years ago, what will you know 10 years from now? So even G- even Peter knew much more about Jesus 10 years after he was gone than even while he was w- amongst them. And so we have our lady's first words here. She says, dear children, God sent me among you. Our lady didn't appear in a way in these apparitions that she's, just a visitor. Our Lady has come among us. It's not an opinion, and she said that in her words today. God sent me among you. It's a pretty incredible thing that we really walk with Our Lady. And, and the plan manifests itself now after 26 years of apparitions that it's easy to see that God knew 2,000 years ago. Jesus knew 2,000 years ago. That a lady was going to come this way. She may not have known it. She may not have known that she was even going to be able to stay this long. Uh, indeed, some of the messages, the way she gives them, uh, I don't, I don't know if our lady w- was given the grace to know that she would be here uh, for 26 years. Maybe that was her prayer, and it depended on us. And that's why she said, "I can't do anything without you." Pray, continue to pray. She said on her 2000th birthday, "Make me happy." Pray, pray, pray. And so, while Our Lady's among us, uh, it's turning out very clear that she's going to be, I think, and believe among us for 40 years, the leader's out of the desert. Does that mean we can relax? That means we can go backwards a little while because we still have several more years? No. We have to ready ourselves for the time that we're coming in. And just of late, of the several things that's happened of late, 
uh, around the world and in our nation in particular, we need to be very active, much more active. Our Lady said today, many of you opened your hearts and accepted my messages. But many have become lost on this way and never come to and have never come to know the love of God or literally know God of love with the fullness of heart. We've taken many, many people to Medjugorje through the years. We've seen people just on fire in Medjugorje. They are so enthusiastic about what happens and it's easy to be that way. When you're in the midst of such heavenly bliss, all your problems are back home, you get a reprieve. It's like God lifts you out of everything re, and, and places you out of a into a position where you can experience peace that you've never experienced in any way before. And it's not uncommon. In fact, it's very often that we hear out of the largest percentage of the pilgrims when they, they've been there 10 days and they're ready to leave on our pilgrimages and other groups also the same could testify, I'm sure, the same. That I know my wife or my husband and my kids are back home, but I don't want to leave this place. And it's a it's a sense of being in a in a condition that Our Lady has put us to maximize our attention to her, to taste love, to taste peace. Peace sometimes that that can be so strong that you actually actually can be kneeling in the fields, holding your hand out and feeling like you're holding peace in your hands. It becomes almost physical. And in some ways you can say that verbiage that it does become physical physical, even though it's not something that can be understood that way. But you you feel peace. You sense peace. It's in your whole being. And this is something that's hard to leave when you know you got to go back to a, a, a huge problem or a mass of, of difficulties that you spent years planting trees that fruit bad fruit into your life. So Our Lady puts us on a course to tell us today not to be distracted. Many of you opened your hearts and accepted my messages messages. But many have become lost on this way. It's easy to make a decision for Our Lady and what she asked for the messages when you're in Medjugorje. And some people caught in the euphoria of this peace make a decision based on emotion. Others make it in a decisive way. So there's two ways to make a decision for a conversion, emotionally or decisively. An emotional decision is based on what you feel and you enjoy that and you come home and you do that and you do what he says and everything's going your way. You feel the peace and, so, and when when life and its problems or your difficulties start attacking or eroding that peace or what you have and you fall underneath the 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 line of of the good that you've experienced and start experiencing the bad, an emotional decision starts waning. It goes away. A decisive decision is just the opposite. If everything's going your way, everything's perfect, you're still decidedly for conversion, for following our lady, for the messages. And if everything goes to the other side, to the bad, you're still way up there in the middle because you made a decisive decision, good or bad, I'm going to walk this way of the message. It doesn't matter. I'm undisturbed. I stay on the straight line of the path. Emotional is up and down. Everything's going your way, you're with it. Everything's going, you go the opposite way. And that can be applied to the pressures of life or to sin or to anything. <clears throat> when the temptation is too great, you go toward that. 
When it's not, everything's fine. You know, but the person that makes the decisive decision toward or later, toward conversion, stays there. So there's a, there is a sadness and a sorrow that we've seen in the Medjugorje movement that many people go there, become involved, some even making a decisive decision, and wane after two, three, four years. Because the honeymoon, the time that you experience with uh, Our Lady and, the, and what she says, conversion is easy for those who decide for it. And um, when that starts getting hard and you've got to be on your knees and things aren't coming your way and your prayers aren't being answered and you're being tested after the honeymoon's over, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, your first love that God gives you is Our Lady. She sent it to be among you. You know, if you think about back to the beginning of your conversion and you think about the days when you first became aware of Our Lady and she was truly appearing in Medjugorje, those beginning days we call a honeymoon. Everything's so easy. Everything that's been difficult for you goes uh, away. Just the sweetness of the grace is such a consolation. It's granted when Our Lady first began to draw your heart that <clears throat> it's easy to do everything she asks of us. So just just as Our Lady said today, that many of you opened your heart and accepted our message. And it wasn't hard to do that. That just the same way that the honeymoon goes away. And so the first love, and after you've been tested, Our Lady's really addressing you today. You know, many become lost on this way and never came, or rather have never come to know the God, the God of love with fullness of heart. Our Lady seeks for you to come back. And there's many people, she was talking to you today. She knows you're going to read the message. But you're lukewarm. You haven't decidedly made that conversion. And so that honeymoon eventually ends. And for conversion to last, it, for it to last, it takes discipline, it takes hard work. There's endless temptations, there's attacks, and then there's a sweetness, the constellations become fewer and fewer and far between. We always will sooner or later wake up and realize that I'm not where I need to be. And we have to find that special love, and we have to reserve ourselves, or within ourselves, a love and a fire for a lady, to have that passion of that first love. You know, we become lost on the way, our lady says, and never come to know the God of love with the fullness of heart. It's important we regain that, just like our first love. Burning me your holy fire 
always have a um, human nature in us that goes away from that which we become routine with. And I've said it before, too, about the visionaries who see Our Lady every day are different from the visionaries who see Our Lady once a month like Mariana or once a year like Yakov and Ivanka. And um, familiarity breeds contempt. It's true. I mean, we've seen people in the, in the movement of Medjugorje who's gone to Medjugorje that really begin to have content because so much difficulties came into their life because of following our lady's way. And so we've had people come to us and say, I've lost my desire. And they ask us, what should we do about that? 
and the way to get desire back or to get your desire is to pray for the desire to have a desire. You know, so ask our, our lady, pray to her. She, she'll fill it. She says, I'll intercede for you. She knows your humanness. She knows your difficulties. She's told us that you have, uh, all of us have a very difficult path. The world's in a serious situation and many, many people deceive. Uh, really, the whole of mankind is deceived. We fall into patterns and ways of life and acceptance of darkness and even the most Christian homes. And our ladies come to bring us out of that and away from that. So tonight, when you go to bed, after this show, pray for the desire to have the desire. Ask God to restore that. That the love you felt with our lady, what you felt in the beginning, be restored. And that's even if you have it, that you're still active in the movement. You you still don't have necessarily what you felt in those sweet moments of conversion. But our lady said, uh, eight years after apparitions began, she says, go back to the messages as it was in the beginning. She wanted that fever. She wanted that strength uh, to resume in the, in the enthusiasm of, of living the message of, of the prayer and the power of the prayer. So our lady's asking us to come back, uh, both those who are active with her and, of course, in particular, those who've lost the way and have not come to know in fullness what she wanted to offer and give to us. This year, why not visit the village that is changing the entire world? Mechagoria. Think about it. If you could combine every single event for the past 26 years that occurred in Washington, D.C., New York, Paris, London, and every other place in the world, it would be dwarfed by the event of one single day in Mechagoria. The Blessed Mother, Mary, Mother of Christ, comes to the earth, blesses the whole world with her presence, and speaks to heal a broken world with advising words, which she says are conveyed directly from God. You can be a part of one of the most important events in the history of creation. Pilgrimage to Medjugorje, and you will obtain everything and more of what your heart longs for. Call 205-672-2000, extension 218. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. You know, Terry, um, looking at this message and just the reflection of the, the song, coming back to the first love, um, I know uh, it's difficult to, even personally here, to um, always make that decision for conversion, you know, because you do get tired of the attacks or you do... Um, get bored with maybe um, just the routine of the prayer life or how 
much, um, then is discipline uh, the the virtue that one has to fall back on to um, get over those those times when you aren't feeling like doing it? Well, I think God did certain things to certain people to give us witness. And, of course, we're in the month where Our Lady usually gives a message often at this time, which she didn't do this, this 20th, October 25th message, but she has talked about the Feast of the Saints or the to imitate them, to follow their way of life. And uh, with our communications and the way things become so quickly known in today's society and culture, uh, we had somebody who was martyred their whole life who is so quoted every day by different people um, all over the world and looked at, Mother Teresa. And she never had that consolation um, of feeling the presence of, of you know, of God and in, in, in a sense that uh, even many of us in the Medjugorje movement feel our experience in our conversion. And yet she endured. She did her holy hours. She said often, all for Jesus, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. And so I think we first need to look at the examples of somebody like that who was dry, uh, the, the, dark, the darkness of the soul that the saints have experienced. And realize that we're going to have times that we're going to have consolations. And we're going to have times that we're not going to have any consolations. And the emotional decision acts and will perform for God. When the consolations come and when they don't, they turn that off. And I think it comes on a decision or the, the discipline of a decision that, <clears throat> Jesus, I'm with you. For the long haul, for the short haul, for the good, for the bad. I know, in, and sometimes in this mission here, that you know, I've I've often said, not often, but there's been points that I've told Jesus, "Look, I don't I don't have any more strength to do what I do, but what I do have is my decision, and I've made the decision to do this for the rest of my life. I've consecrated myself to it, and what I'm telling you right now is yes, even though I'm in the bottom of the pit, and I didn't think yesterday and the day before that and the day before that it get any lower, and I know tomorrow it's going to go lower, and the next day after that it's going to get deeper, and and I would say to Jesus, here's my decision. Yes, you be my strength. And St. Paul told us when he's the strongest is when he's the weakest. Because that's when you totally go and rely upon Jesus. Totally relies upon Our Lady to guide you. And so you can't go by the circumstances in your environment and how you feel or where you feel like a praying. You know, We've got here where I've told often the people in the community, we pray here despite tiredness. Prayer takes precedent over tiredness. When people get tired, the first thing they think is the priority is rest. Uh, it's, it's, it's part of our way of our community. It's what I've told my children uh, often when we end up coming in the house late and then we got to do a rosary. And... And I say that in that sense because it is a duty. And Our Lady's told us that. She said the rosary uh, is your duty. It's not an option. And so when you come in there and it's 1030 at night and, and you know, the first thing that comes up is a little lobbyist, you know, and a little, you know, much shorter than adults. These kids come up with the genius ideas of saying, why would we just do the 777? You know, so they're, they're always lobbying to change things a little bit. 
And, and you know, it's not that I always feel like doing a rosary, when it's, especially when we've been doing something physical and, you know, during the daytime and and you want to do that. But, you know, you got to get fixated in your mind that prayer takes precedent over tiredness. You put that in your heart. You say that to yourself. Prayer takes precedent over tiredness. And once you've gone that and you made a decision for that, then you know you're just going to do it. Half the battle is a decision. If you know that's just part of your way of life, then you just do it. A duty that you carry out joyfully. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, you know, so there will be times in your life. Mother Teresa had it continually for years. And people... Um, I know it was just a couple of weeks ago that I took the kids down to a farm show and, and uh, there was a bunch of phones there and I was talking actually something about Caritas. I hung up and this lady next to me, an older woman, said, um, how do I call somebody here? I'm, I'm kind of lost here. I'm looking for somebody here. And I said, well, uh, do you know the numbers, the local number? No, it's uh, – she said, yeah, they're here at the farm show. Well, there's 200,000 people there. It's a big, big place over hundreds of acres. And she says – um, I, the, the, I said, where are y'all from? And she told me, I said, well, you're out, of, you're out of state. So it's not a local call. She said, but the person is here. I said, I know that. But but you're going to have to dial your area code and do that. She says, well, I can't do it on this. So I had, we've got our, uh, I had a card for a phone thing. And I said, well, I'll just do it for you. And she just said, no, 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 don't do that. I says, are you a Christian? And she says, yeah. I said, well, I am too, and this is what we do. So she was just stunned by that, that I'd spend money and make this phone call for her, which I did. She talked to the person, said, meet her there, and she hung up. And then I, st- I walked off, and she says, because I, I, said, uh, I said, also, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic. And, of course, down in Georgia, you know, you're not necessarily in a lot of strong Catholic areas. And I figured, you know, she was Baptist or Methodist or something. So I walk off after that. And she hollers to me, she says, wait, wait. Wait, she says, I just want to thank you. She says, I, I do these kind of things for people too. She says, and Mother Teresa, Time Magazine did a bad, bad story on her, and I wrote to somebody about that. I didn't like that. You know, she immediately <laughs> identified with me about Mother Teresa, but she's, you know, and the Time Magazine, she went on to tell me was about that they just blasted her because she was so dry about Jesus, never felt the presence. How could she be that way? I, I didn't read the article, so I don't know anything about it. But the point I bring that up for is 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 a good analogy of of how Mother Teresa touched people, and she didn't have all this consolation because she made a decisive decision. I saw the lady a little bit after that, and she was still wanting to identify with me that she knew something about Catholics. <laughs> she was so grateful. <laughs> so you never know how you touch people, but you you see too that Mother Teresa touches people. You know, here, here you are, way down in Georgia, and and in a very Protestant strong area. A good, you know, good people, good Christian people, and and she crosses that boundary, and yet she never had the consolation uh, that many of us in the Medjugorje movement have. We, our Lady's given conversion easy, and it's often through some kind of supernatural grace or some kind of experience that she touches your heart uh, more so than Mother Teresa may have ever had, and so. That's the time to reflect on those things when we, what we had in our beginning days, what caused that first love, what caused us to be so turned on to Our Lady. I know on my 
second or third trip to Medjugorje, I was in the apparition with Maria and Yaakov. They were kneeling down. And it was over Father Sofko's couch. And um, I said, this is real. This is real. But is this from God? I was questioning myself. There's no question it's supernatural, but this could be from the devil. You know, it didn't appear to be from that. But I wondered, you know, just because it's supernatural, how do I know this is from, from God? And this is really the Virgin Mary appearing. And during that apparition, for some bold reason that, that just came in my heart, I, leaned, I, got, I stood up in the apparition, leaned over the couch into Maria's face, eight inches, ten inches from her eyes, looked straight into her eyes. And there's a song we just heard that said that, and they saw the love of Jesus in my eyes, and something happened, something, a real grace came over me. It was a beautiful th- experience, a, a complete consolation, that I knew that you would have to kill me before I die, deny these apparitions. It was so profound, so strong. You know, and you, you just got to back, everybody's got a history. There's different things that happen to different people. And however those things may your experiences is is your history of conversion. And when you feel dry, you got to go back to those things, just like we have to do about our country. People are trying to change it. They don't want us to know the history of our country. And if they can change those things and wipe them out of our history, then we lose our way just like a ship without a rudder. You blow in the wind any way the wind wants to carry you, just as our culture is doing today. We forgot our roots. We don't know our founding fathers and what they meant, how they how they said what they said. And and to understand what they said, what they said, we need to go back to the dictionaries they used. And so, in the same way, we need to understand that when we feel dry, what brought you to the point of wanting to be committed to Our Lady's plans to start with? And get aside and have an encounter, quiet time by yourself, go out in the woods anywhere, and just meditate on that. And contemplate that, and that will bring you back toward... Um, using that history of conversion to help sustain you through those dry periods. I think um, Alexander, our friend from France, he um, told us his first reaction in reading this message was that it was scary. And um, I know, Terry, that you had, you've just come back from Washington, D.C. You were... Uh, participating in a in a uh, an event where they had gathered uh, the Republican candidates for this coming um, election, and um, there were a lot of uh, Christians, a lot of Catholics there. Um, Focus on the family with Dr. James Dobson, among um, other people, and um, you know, then and you actually were speaking to the community last night for several hours about your experience there. And um, I'd have to say that's part of what we felt What that was kind of scary, what some of the things that you discovered. And um, I think this message kind of confirms that. So what would be your comments about that? Why don't we, I know we're back to on a break. Why don't you, um, maybe i just answer that when we come back. <laughs> As a parent, are you worried about what kind of society your children will live in? 
Do we really have a choice in the next election? Or do we get to choose what the powers that be give us? No matter how you structure your future, all is at risk. Money won't protect you. Position won't save you. Your children's future is nil. Our nation must change its direction. But what is stopping it? You are. It all depends on you. If you wonder how can that be, you won't after reading Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. A couldn't-put-it-down book, thrilling, motivating, edge-of-the-seat reading that will change the way you live and change this nation. Order on MEJ.com or at your local bookstore. Or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Just to restate that again, um, this is the commercial said, Our nation must change the direction it's moving in. And yet, then Our Lady says today, there are many that um, haven't stayed with this plan that she's brought down to the earth. And we know we need to change. And then we seeing people aren't uh, making that full commitment. It is scary. And I think that was some of what you discovered in, in Washington, that there's a lot of Christians that are feeling that. Well, I think that um, they had a, a conference there that uh, was a family research council and, and uh, lasted from Thursday or rather Friday to Saturday. And, and um, there was a lot of discussion about the state of our affairs. And, and uh, of course, uh, it was hosted by, in conjunction with Focus on the Family also, and there's a lot of things that come out of that that are frightening. Uh, I just think, God, that we have Our Lady and we're kind of in the know of what heaven's thinking. And you're dealing with several thousand people there that that are relying totally on uh, actions to the to the vote, to to a ballot box. And of course, one of our reasons. Is to, to be there is to help change mentality to realize that it's through God. And uh, our ladies told us very plainly that peace will not come to the presidents. It doesn't mean that God won't act in some way to bring us somebody that we'll have to do and take actions, but it's going to come through our prayers. It's going to come through our, our fasting. Uh, you know, we're in a war. Uh, I was shocked of some of the things I learned about. Uh, I could understand why someone might say that they're in fear of this, you know, not fear, but this message, you know, scared them. You know, Our Lady's messages have been kind of showing that she's getting us prepared. Mariana's message of June 2nd, 2007, you know, she says, um, you know, with complete trust, give me complete trust, your hearts, that I may help you to recognize the signs of the times in which you live. You know, before that, she said, my children, do not be afraid. Why is she saying do not be afraid? Because she knows what's happening in, in our world. And as our culture totally disintegrates, totally disintegrates. I can't, I can't say that strong enough. There's no exaggeration to it. James Dobson actually was 
was there for Saturday night for uh, an event that hosted him in tribute of his accomplishments. And there are many, you know, and uh, there's a lot of big timber fallen lately who's been strong movements in, in waking Christians up to be active. Dr. Dr. Kennedy, he died. Uh, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, has died. Dr. Albright started and helped uh, ADF and other organizations to start. He, he, he died. Uh, Jerry Falwell died. These people, while they may not be uh, Catholic, are, are we're indebted to in this nation. Uh, they've kept the, the flame burning in a lot of ways that, that uh, um, you know, many Christians have dropped the ball. And many Christians have their head in the sand. And they're so busy with their daily occupations and what they do, they don't think that this, you know, they, they, they know something's wrong, but they won't get active. And there was 2,500 activists there that we've got to wake up. I mean, we're in a serious, serious crisis. And <clears throat> we could change this around tomorrow. Dobson is here at a tribute, and at the end of it, he, he's crying. He's literally crying on the podium and saying that, you know, that there are so many people on the left spending money, putting up money, billions of dollars to destroy our culture, destroy America, destroy marriage. You know, there's abominable lifestyles that flourished in Greece and in Rome. But never in history has, has there been efforts to redefine marriage. Never. You know, and we just got a governor who signs a bill in California that's unbelievable. And our lady says, signs of the times. And you wonder what fire's about? Do you think there's any connection? When you're going to train first graders? Tear their hearts out? Kill their innocence? And say to them that they can't have any textbooks that's going to mention the word mother or father because that's discriminatorial against other defined or newly defined families in another way. I tell you, what started this nation, I, I think about this, what, the, what determined the founding of this nation, what the King of England did, and those issues... Put it in a category of 1 to 10 compared to the issue of that one thing in that state that the governor and the legislature just passed the law for. What they're going to do to first graders on up to the whole school, 12th grade. And tell me which issue is bigger. I tell you, what founded this nation is 1 and what that issue is 10. People better wake up. They better realize what's coming down. And all the earth is turning into a Babylon. The United States is far, far ahead of other countries. Europe is drowning in this stuff. That's where it's coming from. The European Union has as part of that doctrine to be a member country. You have to adopt these ways. In Canada, you go to jail if you say something that discriminates against this. And no, we're not going to get into the details and talking about it, but you check this stuff out. One thing that ADF, which is the Alliance Defense Fund, talked a lot about is what's going on on campuses. Ninety percent, they said, of all the university's professors 
are so far left and so far for these things, you can't imagine what they're requiring of the students. I don't want to get too deep in this because we're going to be doing a five-part series and look what happened while you're sleeping, which we'll go more into this uh, in mid-November. I think the dates are on meds.com. You can see. You'll want to tune into that. We're going to have guests, maybe some people from ADF, Alliance Defense Fund. But they're fighting for this. But just fighting for it or going to the courts, that's not, I mean, we're being defeated. That's why Dobson was crying. He was upset. Here it is, something in his honor. And he said these last three weeks of his life have been some of the worst he's ever experienced because of defeats. I don't know how people in California feel. I don't know if they realize fully what is happening there. I know some do. But this is serious. This is serious enough to fight for and fight against and whatever actions we have to take. Can we do that as Christians? You bet we can. You know, and again, we'll go more into that two weeks from now. But we've got a, we've got a serious, serious crisis. It's interesting that the third secret of Fatima said the angel appeared with the sword calling for penance, penance, penance. And at the tip of his sword, of course, flame was shooting to the earth. And upon the splendor of Our Lady, she dissipated the flames. And we are in an interruption time. We know June 25th, June 24th, 1981, that the, that the time scale of what was happening was interrupted. And now we're seeing what was developing in those moments of that time Slice out, like I said last time we was on the air, this time of, of these last 26 years, and we're now at that point now. And so we are coming down the road to, to the release of the secrets. <clears throat> Was that going to correct? Is that going to correct? Yes, the warning will correct things. But in the interim, we need to be active. We need to be activists as Christians. And doing what a lady says, we say, okay, she says, here... Therefore, I call you to be love and light where there is darkness and sin. You know, John was the apostle of love. He was given Our Lady. If you read John, you'll see a theme in his writing about what love means. And you'll see also something that connects 2,000 years of, of from then to now. He refers several times, little children. Isn't that incredible? He says, little children in addressing us in the scriptures. And he stayed with Our Lady till she was assumed into heaven. Where did he learn that from? I bet he learned it from Our Lady. Little children. So we see these threads, and we know he's the apostle of love. But what we also know is what he says is love. Because we, we don't understand love. What Jesus says is love. I didn't come here... For human love, or or not my my love is not human love. Rather, I'm I'm referring to our ladies there. She says, God's love is not human love. You know, she says it's different. What did Jesus say love was? You know, I didn't come for for peace. The way your peace is, you know, I come with the sword to divide. We have to separate ourselves, live in the light to convict darkness. We don't live with darkness and accept darkness or tolerate darkness. That's not love. John said, or his theme in what he writes in his book, 
in the scripture shows that obedience is love. Obedience to what? To the commandments. We're not to collaborate with darkness. We're not to tolerate it. Everybody in California, you get the book of Romans. In the New Testament, not Old Testament stuff, and you read and you study chapter 1, the whole chapter, and read the last part of that chapter where it says, and they tolerated it. Tolerated what? Tolerated what is going on in that state. It's not just California. New Jersey's trying things to redefine things. And it's going to go all over. So in Washington, there was a lot of talk about this. We're in trouble. We're in serious trouble. And I don't, I don't think, I know Christians really fully don't understand that because they're so preoccupied and so immersed in just trying to keep groceries on the table. But you've, you've got to get into prayer. You've got to contemplate what kind of world we're living in and how much longer it's going to go as it is. But there was people, Ed Meese was there. Chuck Colson was there. Uh, Gary Bowers was there. There was it was a really wonderful gathering. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of discussion, um, you know, about the, the college campuses. And I think what I'd like to do is really reserve some of that for our, our broadcast um, in two uh, in two weeks or so. So um, we can go on and on about this, but I, I really think we should save these topics till later and and and. And those of, who, of you who are out there, uh, be prepared for that and, and uh, get with your friends or prayer groups. That whole week we're going to do a five-part series from Monday to Friday on look what happened while you're sleeping and all these issues. Something that, uh, <clears throat> that you've just been speaking about, referencing back to something that you said earlier today uh, or in the broadcast, you mentioned about, the, speaking of the sentence where Our Lady said, uh, many of you uh, have opened your hearts, but many have become lost on this way. And you said that uh, people have become distracted. Um, and I'd like for you to go in a little more detail by what do you mean by distraction? Um, just, re- just what you just said in the last five minutes, which is um, probably some of the most powerful stuff I've heard in a, in a good long while. Um, are you saying, or one would assume that what you're saying is that we, the the praying Bible reading, Masco and Christians have forgotten God. That's that's what it sounds like. Um, you you may be implying what, what what Our Lady said today. Well, when when you forget God, He does things to try to get you to remember remember Him. He wants you, you know. He's telling you, remember me, pay attention to me. And we often go um, where we ignore God. And as he gives us his blessings, we we fall in these patterns. I, I've written about it before. I call it the three S's. Sin, suffering, salvation. The Israelites did this throughout history. You'll see where they sinned. You'll see where God tried to call them back over and over saying, Remember me. Come back to me. They repeatedly did this. And then they wouldn't do it. So what did God do? He allowed the Syrians to attack them. He allowed calamities to happen. He allowed catastrophe to take place. He allowed them to be attacked. All kinds of things happened. And they suffered because of their sin. Not because of the Syrians. Don't think for a minute we're suffering because of the Muslims. That's not why we're suffering. We're suffering because of our sins. The principle, biblical principles promise us that I'll protect your borders. I'll protect you as a people. 
you know, I repeat this over and over and over. It's the thread in my writings that a people is not so much protected by their ornaments as they are the way of life. If you remember God, he's not going to forget you. He's going to remember you. So we we are distracted in on a multi-level way. Satan has built a system that's got so many things from the television. Uh, not, a, you know, being preoccupied with things that, that are meaningless. You know, everybody's in the football right now. It's football season. You know, they're going to regret this. I'm telling you, you out there that's so immersed in football and so much that it's become a God, even though you might not agree with that, you might not think it's God to you, it is. It's too much. Our lady said, don't have excessive love for sports. She didn't say you couldn't like sports. But I tell you, I pulled all my children out of soccer, and when they started playing just games out there in the field or on the on the day, I saw them laugh. I never saw them playing in tournaments. It's all structures are wrong. Our lady says, you built a whole new world without God. It's all only about making money. It's only about winning. It's not about having fun. Sports is good for fun. Sports is not good the way it's structured now. Look at look at the stadiums, what they fill with. Do you feel in peace? Do you feel you're seeing humility or arrogance? You know, there's a multitude, multitude of sins go on in the stadiums. And these are the things that people don't see. Well, I'm Christian. I don't do that. I go to church on Sunday. The preoccupation with this is just way overboard. It's just the enthusiasm, just the effort put toward that was toward God. If we remembered God, how much more would we be? And so we wonder why we got so many problems. We have divorce. We have people and kids going home to an empty house. You know, who's remembering the kids? If we're not going to remember God, we're not going to remember the children. You know, you need to think in your life, have you ever, have you been forgotten? You know, when you were growing up, did you ever have somebody didn't remember your birthday? Maybe even your parents? Or did you for, somebody forget to pick you up at school? You know, search your life and find out where that may have happened. Were you not included in a gathering with friends? You know, not to be remembered is painful. And and loneliness, you remember that. And so that's what our lady is. She's, she's come to be among us. She wants to lead us to a way of salvation. And how many people are remembering her? You know, why is our lady saying that? You know, she wants us to remember her. She's saying, I remember you. And for the sake of souls, you need to remember me. And we, we've, we've lost the whole understanding of, or rather maybe the sensitivity of daily apparitions because they happen so frequently. You know, and this is what happens to the three S's through the ages, from age to age. You know, and what our lady wants to do is go from, not age to age, but she wants to go heart to heart around the whole world. She wants to bound it in grace. She wants to bound it in peace. And so we have a, a crisis, you know, in the family. And we see the signs God's given us to tell us and call us back to remember Him. And we have to realize that this is a serious call for our age to the end of the ages. Remember
We invite you to an experience of a lifetime. Come to the five-day annual retreat, December 8th through 12th, of reconciling ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. It will not only recharge you, but change your life. America was given a beautiful gift on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 1988. The Virgin Mary appeared in an open field consecrating the spot by her heavenly visitation. Today Our Lady appeared and she was very happy when she came. She announced through the Medjugorje visionary, Maria Linetti, she was here to help us and she would intercede for you to God with all your intentions. Experience Our Lady. Experience Retreat. Experience Christmas. Experience a place fragranced with the queen of the angels herself and leave moved deep within your heart. With Our Lady appearing 26 years in Medjugorje, come to a special place she's visited and designated and allow Our Lady to enlighten you 
in regard to God's plans to renew the face of the earth, nay, even all of creation. For more information, call Caritas of Birmingham at 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. We have a friend up um, up north, Pat, who uh, accompanied us on a trip to uh, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, to view the devastation after Hurricane Katrina. And upon uh, returning from that trip, I asked him, you know, what he felt when he was there, and he said, "I felt like I was looking at my own future." And that uh, the same thing could happen in my home, you know, up north. Um, and it's just a, only a matter of time. Um, and so it's a painful experience to see what other Americans are going through in Bay St. Louis um, after Katrina. Um, I also spoke with a woman on one of my trips um, in to Medjugorje, and she's from New York City. She lived uh, close to the World Trade Center. And shortly after the attack in 2001, she heard um, a religious figure, prominent figure, um, speaking about that the towers came down because of the sins of New York City and how much that hurt her to hear this being said about New York in the midst of their suffering. We have fires going on in California. We have many field angels, uh, supporters of this mission, who live there, who've been faithful to Our Lady, who are trying to live the message. And sure, there are many, many Christians who are heart sick over uh, what the governor has done just recently, um, who have been fighting. There, there are those innocent souls in this state. Um, and yet, the coincidence of the signature of the of the um, uh, legislature and the governor, uh, with what the fire starting and and such tremendous fires, um, you know, it's hard not to draw those conclusions, those signs of the times. So, what do you have to say to those those people in California who who um, you know hate? what is happening there um, that may feel powerless of what they can do to, to change it. I think you have to look at Christian history that the good has always suffered with the bad. Uh, you had in Bethlehem all the, all the innocents killed because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. And, and uh, it's not wasted. God takes that and looks down with mercy on it and he changes things. But uh, we've got to realize too that we're, that we're not without guilt. Uh, Christians today are, are in need of correction, all of us. We have been, uh, we're not sought. We're not convicting. I mean, let's, let's, let's really look at the rawness of what's prevailing in a Christian society. Our indignation should be such a level that, that we, we take action. And we take whatever action is necessary. We're not, we're not talking about a political issue. We're not talking about something that somebody's raising some taxes or they're oppressing us. We're talking about something so 
foreign to natural law, so opposite. We're talking about the scriptures that it's better for a millstone to be around one's neck thrown into the water than to injure the innocence of, of a child. And you're talking about something that brings something far worse upon the culture, which would be from God, to correct this. And it is within our grasp to do this. And while there is things that happen, and Our Lady says, God wants to send you messages through nature. And of course, there's great fires. There is a, a, an unbelievable wind that drove that fire. You know, God's not unaware of what's going on. But we always have to realize, yes, there are innocents. <clears throat> there are people, but all of us are guilty. And so that's the first place we looked at. What have I not done? What do I need to be purified from? And that's what he's coming to show us. The failure of the light is not because darkness now prevails over us, uh, or rather the, the, the success of the light, perhaps I should say. The success of the light doesn't give the darkness that's prevailing over us uh, their victory. We're failing as light. Because of our fail, failing, they're victorious. They couldn't do these things 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 1,000 years ago. You know, we are flat. We are salt gone flat. What does salt do? We've got a smokehouse here on the grounds. <clears throat> we rub the hams in the wintertime in salt. It preserves the meat. We've got some hams that's been hanging for two years. We just ate some last week, the whole community. The salt preserves it. We're the salt of the earth. The lady gave a message. She wants us. She calls us to be that. And we're not that. We are not convicting. What in our witness is allowing darkness to prevail that's so weak that they've become so strong? And so these things are, are bad on an individual level. Katrina. I mean, the whole coast is full with gambling. And the people accepted it. They may not have liked it, but, you know, what, what are we doing in our personal lives that's not convicting enough to say, no, you're not going to do this? Don't be mistaken when our lady says today that, you know, where there, I call you to be love and light where there is darkness and sin. That means, oh, just go love and be nice to everybody and let's shake hands and let's talk and let them. You're not doing them a favor allowing them to be in darkness. You're not helping anybody. You know, they can call it a hate crime or whatever they want to call it. These people are in sin. And unless you help them to change or show them they need to change, show that you, it's not going to be accepted in society, we will not accept this as Christians, this behavior, these teachings, this prevailing in our school system, which is within your right. Let me, let me, I want to speak very plainly to everybody in California tonight. You do not have to abide by this law. Christian, every Christian is actually obligated not to obey this law. This law has no, uh, no jurisdiction over you. It don't matter whether the state legislature passed it. It don't matter whether your governor signed it. It has no, not one bit, not one tiny bit in front of God, an obligation for you to obey it. In fact, you are obligated to defy it. 
the Pope told people in Spain, do not obey the new adoption laws. It's against natural law. Anytime there's a natural law in violation, you are commanded not to obey it. And we need to get our heads out of the sand. And we need to stand up. And we need to do whatever necessary that that's not going to be complied with. And again, I'll, we'll get into this much deeper and what your rights are and what you can do in our two-week series from two two weeks from now in our Look What Happened Why series series. So, <clears throat> you know, we we suffer. God will use our suffering. There are, there are people wandering tonight. They lost our house. You know why has this happened? You know, read chapter one Romans. New Testament stuff, study it. There is an obligation you have as a Christian that is love and it means that you yourself will follow obedience first. That's how you bring darkness to the light. We're not going to tolerate this. You can't tolerate it. You must not tolerate it. What, what you're saying uh, now, and I know that you want to get into a lot of this during the um, the week long um, or the five five part series on look what happened while you're sleeping. Um, it sounds obviously there's a, there was a booklet that you wrote called Quietism. And for all, all those all of you who are listening, that booklet is available in the MedgeMart. We encourage you to go right now and and, and purchase that out of the MedgeMart. Um, it's called Quietism, and it's underneath the booklets by a friend of Medjugorje. And you're, what you just said just now, um, where relating to this message that Our Lady gave today, I call you to be love and light where there's darkness and sin. You're, you're you're saying that this um, what you termed as quietism is anti this what Our Lady's saying here that to be silent to to not speak up in these terms or to not speak up against these things and to defy these things that are against God um, are would be against what Our Lady is saying to us tonight. Certainly, certainly she, you know, there's things and again I'll get into it in this five part series. Uh, what is the dates of that? November. November. It's the twelfth or the sixteenth. November twelfth to the sixteenth, which we'll be doing more promotion about it and talking about it. But you want to peg out your calendar and and get ready for that time. We'll have several guests that uh, was in, we did some of their um, quotes in the books and things like that. But we'll go in detail. But in regards to quietism, I, that was actually a heresy within the church. I didn't actually term it that. It was it's, it exists. And it was a point in the history of the church several hundred years ago where, where Christians said nothing, they did nothing, and they grew complacent, and they completely let darkness prevail. And, and actually they had to condemn it as a heresy because it was Christians who were letting things go to pot. You know, it's not darkness that's doing this. We are doing this. You have to understand, when you, when you, you would never let somebody come and assault your family in your home. You're not going to do that. Anybody's got any rational sense of protection. The, 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 the catechism of the church tells us you have a right. You have a right to protect yourself in your home. You also have a right to protect your child's heart and his mind. 
There is such an assault with this new law against innocence that it, it's, it's, un, it's unimaginable. We just can't imagine. We're racing so quickly toward darkness and so the, the pit of hell so quickly that now it's making sense why we're going to have a warning. Um, and with the three secrets, because the three secrets actually are warnings. They're not so much um, going to cause us to lose our life, perhaps, as much as they're going to wish that we we would lose our life. Maybe somehow, like a mini judgment, a an interior uh, look of what it would be like in front of God without anybody else beside us seeing what our sins have done and our lack of of uh, of what we haven't done that we're we're called about to do. You say, what can I do? Pray. You know, study our forefathers. And again, this is spilling over into what we want to talk about two weeks from now. But you can't be quiet as a Christian. You're you're not called to be tolerant of sin. You know, ask yourself, what was your grandpa do, you know, 50, 75 years ago? You know, read, look what happened while you're sleeping. Read the 17th chapter. Don't don't skip to that. Read the whole book because it's step by step to understand that. You'll see what people used to do for immorality. And they were within our right. You don't have to tolerate it. And we've grown complacent thinking, well, I can't say anything. And well, that's what they choose to do. Garbage. Total garbage. No Christian can say, well, if that's what they're going to do, they're going to do. Uh-uh. When they're prevailing on society and changing the culture to accept certain things, you do not have to tolerate that, or should you ever accept that. You say, well, what they do behind closed doors? Baloney. What somebody does behind closed doors affects culture. This is a sin that will draw down correction from God. That's going to affect my children, your children, our lives. And it deems such importance that it be corrected, and we stand and say, no, we will not accept this, and we purify this out of the culture. The sin is rightfully to be hated. Not the person, but the sin. And we've lost this. We've lost this understanding that, well, you know, what can I say, and this is what they want to be. Blown. You're not going to be that way. We just don't accept it. You know, why is it prevailing on us? Why is this learned thing, a learned behavior, being imposed on children in school to be taught this? You know, you don't know what it means to be Christian if you accept that. You have no idea what it means to be a Christian. You need to get your book out, just like the song just said. Remember me? In a Bible cracked and faded by the years. Open it up. You read it. You make this whole next week, every day, a reading of chapter 1, Romans. And you contemplate that, what that means. Think about it. We need to wake up as Christians. We, we don't need to wake up. We better wake up. Because love demands that we do that and keep our loyalty to God. And we obey the commandments. As a culture... And that we do not tolerate sin. Forget tolerance. That is something from the devil. We love the person, hate the sin. So, in essence, you're saying for a Christian to be silent, not just in what you just spoke about, then in all respects where it's clearly black and white, is a Christian who is silent is simply 
not obeying Our Lady's message today? I'm not saying that. The church said that. You're a heretic. The church ruled quietism is heresy. Is that serious? Get the book, the pamphlet, quietism. It explained that. You can't do that. But we've been conditioned to be quiet. The American Revolution was caused by the, the pulpits. We've been silenced. We can't talk now because of London Baines Johnson had a church that did something while he was running for senator or something. And I think it was 1947. And he had a law passed that the pulpits had to be silent. The church is silent. You know, one thing at this FRC meeting in Washington was about is, is the three P's, the pulpit, politics, and the pastor. You know, and there's a lot we can say. And there's a lot we need to be saying. And we should be saying. And we have to start saying. You know, hell exists. And our silence is sending people to hell. This, the, we're sending a message of a, a segment of the population to grow in such depravity and sin because everybody's just accepted. Just accept it and tolerate it. You can't do that. What if Our Lady hadn't appeared in 1981? We know Our Lady, had she not come and appeared to these visionaries, she revealed that the world would have destroyed itself. Why is the Holy Virgin coming? Read sacred scriptures, live it and pray to understand the signs of the time. At 640, June 24th, 1981, the world was on a downhill slide toward evil and darkness and hate. That that changed in one moment toward the good. Has anything been said about Christians? There's many Christians in the world. But also she gave a message that said there's many Christians living as the pagans. They live pagan Christianity. With 26 years of daily apparitions, do we know if there is some kind of plan? It's her words saying, I want to use you in a great plan. You must pray to understand what your role is in that plan. And it's for the salvation of the world. How will it happen? Because you are the chosen ones in the time of grace, walking with her, who are going to instruct the others after the time of grace. When Our Lady came June 24, 1981, it was at that point that God had decided to bring us ten secrets, three admonitions, and it's going to happen. They will happen. Do not put off drawing closer to God, now in the time of divine mercy. Find out more about the most extraordinary plans in 2,000 years of Christian history. Sign up for the Medj list free and be kept informed of the most important event in your life, your children's and your grandchildren's, and all your posterity to the end of the world. See MEJ.com and click on Medj list free. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. You know, Our Lady wants us to really 
bring light to people in darkness. He gave a message years ago that says, it's darkness that come, Dear children, it's darkness that comes into your home every single day. You know, and she wants us to be light. And this whole tolerance doctrine, we're not being light by accepting this and allowing them to do this. She, she wants us to pray for non-believers. And many people are in deep, serious depravity or have never experienced the love of God. You know, it's those who do not know the love of God and it's to those whom she said are in darkness and sin. She wants us to be love and to be light. She said that today. To be light where there's darkness and sin. Not tolerate it. Not accept it. Not accept it in your law. Not accept it in your culture. She wants us to feel the sorrow for those souls who are in, dar- souls are in darkness. The so- so these souls, I pity. And what awaits this path and understand what hell is about is frightful. You know, we can understand what it feels like uh, to remain close to our ladies sometimes when we pr- when our prayers feel as if they're falling back on our heads and that the sky's falling. But, you know, she comes to as a mother to us and takes us back when we come to her as a child again and we find rest in her. You know, there's people out there walking in such darkness that we're not doing them a service standing up against it. You know, <clears throat> the soul needs rest. And it's our lady who gives it to us that she desires for us to do the same for those who are lost in the darkness. We need rest. We need to come back to her. We need to be as little children. You know, think of the little children losing losing their innocence. You know, Ali wants us to come to her. She said today, come back to me. You know, the place that I once knew as a little child, little children. You know, where we know the constancy of God's eyes washed over us. We need to realize that faith, that faith we're getting now. She first came in Medjugorje saying faith is in crisis. Repeatedly, the first message she said was faith is in crisis. And yet she's prepared for us and she's prepared a way for us to rest in her to increase our faith. And we need to realize that this is a serious call of hers to come back, rest in her, and that we, by becoming strong and knowing what it means to walk in Christianity, can bring the light to those people who are in darkness. Over me, oh, I want to. 
in, in uh, great need of rest, and it's really what a lady's coming. You know, she's coming to bring a, Christ, a springtime back to the world, a springtime for Christianity. We're going to see that, so we have hope for that. What it's going to take to do that is a purification, and so why should we be complacent and not saving as many people as possible? You know, I think the last time we was on the show, we said, um, the issue came up about, you know, well, God gets what he wants in the end. Well, sure he does. We know that, but this is a this is a bad theology for us to have an attitude to walking around saying that, in the sense that, you know, yeah, God gets what He wants in the end. But there's people that died on this earth today, some went to heaven, and some went to hell. Did God want them to go to hell? No, He didn't. So God doesn't get everything He wants because He submits to our free will. So we need to really understand that we. Uh, must we, we don't help people that are in darkness 
by tolerating it and not you know, afraid we're going to hurt their feelings or we're going to be considered hateful by, by calling down actions. You know, you are called to hate the sin. It's just that simple. No apologies. You don't have to do that. You know, is there tactful ways to do it? Yes. But when things start prevailing in the culture and start dictating over to us what we're going to have to do in corroboration of sin, then it's time that things stop. Dead stop. And again, we'll get further into that in our November um, shows. We'll be talking about that. But we need to realize that um, you know, because of this, the, the, the earth is in, in crisis and it's in deep need of rest, that Our Lady is coming and her calling us back is, is for this rest. And we're headed toward that. The, uh, the line in this song that kind of struck me, um, where it says, Take me back to you, the place that I once knew as a little child. And you know... Um, that so much of um, how a, a person lives their life is determined by what happens to them as a little child. In fact, so much of the um, the things that we're facing today by the, those in positions of um, bringing about this godlessness are coming from people who are damaged or... Um, abused or neglected as little children and now it's it's if that the children are those that are being um targeted um because once you have the child the little child it puts you on a course for your whole life without the intervention of god and his his uh, his grace to um bring people out of bad patterns um it just—it seems as if, in Satan's fury of 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 losing hold, you know, with Our Lady's presence in the world today, um, and her plans succeeding, even if we can't see them yet, uh, all coming to light, um, he has positioned himself now to grab the hearts of little children, and how can God? Um, uh, let that happen for any real length of time. Um, but at the same time, I, I know that your heart has always been about divorce and fighting divorce because it, it, everything always leads back to that relationship um, in bringing healthy kids into, into life and for their lives. Well, this, this whole lifestyle is a, is a fruit of, of marriage and what comes from that. I mean, it's all definitely stems that related to that. And... Um, Maybe we'll do a show just about, you know, marriage, which we, we plan to do actually in the future sometime. But, you know, we're talking about two different things. We're not talking about the judgment of God on that individual and why that person's, uh, might be living a abominable lifestyle. You know, is Jesus' words itself, he says, I promise you there'll be thieves and prostitutes in heaven before you get, get there, the Pharisees. See, we're not talking about that and how that judgment's going to be. What, or did, did God take some people and sold them to heaven? We don't know the circumstances of why somebody might be in that. What we're talking about is something completely different. We're talking about the acceptance and culture of this and not standing against it. And no, we don't tolerate this lifestyle. We're not going to accept it. We're not going to accept that you teach our kids. You, you know, this, is, this is becomes our sin. You know, and that's where Romans ends. And they tolerate it. That could be interpreted for the people that would be of this abominable way of living. And it could be for those who may not accept it, but they tolerate it. 
You can't, you're not, you're not allowed to tolerate it. You're not allowed to be quiet about it. So that, there's two different things. We're not talking about judgments in the sense of salvation. Because again, there's a lot of circumstances God would look at in judging that and why that individual ends up that way. I mean, you, you take a first grade right now, first grade right now don't know anything. They're going to kill the innocence of it. You know, so where does that come from? How will that person be judged? You know, we'll be judged far worse because we're allowing that to happen. We're allowing the innocence of kill to be, you know, these children to be destroyed. And uh, so we've, we've got to put it in that kind of context. You know, we had a call from California today, and, and the, the, the man told us that uh, the, the, the ashes are so thick that they're running car headlights. That when you're in your house, you're having to turn on, you're having to run all your lights in your house to see. It's that dark. I mean, there's people definitely in the midst of this, seeing this as an ominous sign of nature, of something that's taking place. And for it to happen in the same moment, you know, one plus one equals two. And we need to look at these things. We need to to not be so thin-skinned as somebody says, oh, you're being judgmental. Forget that. We have to make judgments about do you like chocolate or vanilla ice cream? You know, it's, it's obvious that the, the, we're in crisis and where these things happen, we need to relate to that. Just like I said, Katrina. Katrina's no question in my mind was chastisement. You know, you go, you go look at the gambling and what it's done and read about it and study. Do research on gambling, what it's done to the culture on, on, the, on the coast. You know, and the first thing built back was gambling. What do the legislatures do? They pass laws saying, okay, because they, they, they it, see, it wouldn't be a big sin if you allowed uh, in Bay St. Louis or other places like that, you allow the gambling and they had to have it floating in the water. See, if it's in the water and not touching your land, then the legislature didn't make a sin. You know, you're talking about Pharisees. So now, after the hurricane, the gambling lobby was so... Uh, powerful that they said you know we 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 lost these six-story gambling 10-story gambling casinos let's let's why don't we allow why don't you pass laws allowing us to come within 600 feet on shore see so then they pass that they can't go any closer i don't know the exact measurement i think it's like 600 feet maybe 600 yards they can now build casinos 600 yards from the water see but and that's not a sin that's okay you know, the stupidity and the arrogance of that, you know, is unbelievable. And and this is destroying the culture down there. It's destroying the way of life. I've talked to many people down there that said, and on the coast in different places, that said that, you know, it's not the same. You know, people used to spend their time together. Now they're over there doing the things and going to eat there. And it's, it's just, it's destroyed everything. And and uh, actually there's a booklet about that. I don't know if that's on MedSmart now called um, Why So Many Disasters. Order that. Order Quietism and Why So Many Disasters. And and read these books, booklets. Uh, it goes deeply into to these things while they're happening. So we need to realize um, that, yeah, there's innocence and there's people doing things that they fell into because of family situations. And now we're going to propagate something that's so... so uh, Violent against natural law, that you know, we, we, you better believe Jesus is coming back. But it's not going to be the way we think, and it's not going to be pleasant. So uh, we need to be active. We need to become activists, you know. And and yes, love, doing our prayers, and realize we're in war. Prayer and fasting. 
But, you know, that prayer and fasting results in some action somewhere, somehow, something happening and taking place. And we're coming down to that where we, we're, in a, we're in a real full-fledged war. People need to face up to that and, and realize it. It's not something just made up. It exists. Um, I had um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up about the message. And um, maybe I start by reading a, a quote from a missionary who actually was martyred in the 1950s. And um, he was martyred by the very people that he was trying to lead to Christ. But uh, he said, and I quote, It is good to think of the first days of the church on earth when Christianity was not called merely a religion or thought of only as a code of doctrine, but regarded as a way. Those believers had a manner, a carriage, observable direction that so-called Christians today do not have. For a way is a display of patterned behavior. And what a display! Nothing anyone had was his own, all in one place with one accord, while a spirit of love, responsibility, and conviction of truth possessed the whole. God, send us one of those days to vindicate thy truth Glorify thy name, dispense the knowledge of thy son. Uh, on the, the first sentence that Our Lady said in this message today, she says, God sent me among you out of love that I may lead you towards the way of salvation. And that hits a chord with us here in, in the community because um, that's the, the title of the rule of life that you wrote. Um, expressing what we've learned in living the messages of Our Lady. And um, and a very particular message that Our Lady gave to you and the community back in 1995, um, in which she says, to lead souls to a way of salvation. Um, later on in the message, she says, people have lost th- their way uh, from this way of Our Lady. And um, so I thought um, if you could comment on what that that means to you or speaks to you, and she she does say um, towards towards the way of salvation in the message, and what that how that relates to us, what she's taught us here in community, why we've even come into community to live. Well, I was with uh, Maria in Italy once, and she said um, we had the apparition. Uh, just her and I, and then our lady gave a message, and in that message, of course, she gave a, community, a message for the community. And um, the, I won't give the full text of it, but in the message, she said that um, I call you to uh, a way to lead, she, get, get as many hearts as you can close to God to a way of salvation. Uh, when Maria gave me the message, and she said, our lady gave this for you and your family and the community, I, I asked her a, a question. Did I say to the way or to a way? She said to a way. When her husband Paulo got in, I asked him the same thing to make sure the translation is right. He, she, he said specifically, I said to a way of salvation. And we had written, or I had written at that point, how to change a husband. I see far. We were on a path. We'd thrown away our television. We had done a lot of things. And the formation of the community had developed into a way of life. Built upon the messages of the way Elaine showed us here, and many messages that she gave in 1988 for three months, we we looked at all these messages, uh, evolved through prayer, and began to apply that to our daily life. Uh, our bishop 
uh, ask me to write it down, which I'd never written it down because I didn't want to re- live by a rule. I wanted to live by a way of life. And so uh, he said, no, I want it written down. And so I wrote it down in obedience to the bishop, and we ended up uh, calling it a way of life. And we got extended community members, which don't live here, but they're across the country, United States. It's part of our way of life, and and uh, it's a way of a way of salvation. And our lady's much part of that. So for her to mention today in the message um, that who lost this way, and as um, you know, and then before that, that I may lead you towards the way of salvation. We believe we live here the future. We believe here, because we pray three to four hours a day, that what's manifested as a result of that prayer is what people will be living in the future. They long for community. We was just at this farm show I talked about earlier, and there was um, a guy who came up to us, and he says, you know, I, nine years ago, y'all began to come down here. We used to camp behind this other area where it was all secluded just by ourselves. And uh, he said, about the hardest thing I ever did was make y'all move. Because we didn't want to move. We didn't want to be in the middle of all, everybody else camping. And because we were going to be wanting to sit, kneel down and say the rosary. And, 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 uh, and you know, 20, 25 of us in the community and all the kids running around. And we were in tents. They big campers. And, uh, and he told me uh, last week, he said, but, you know, one of the most... Uh, hardest things I've ever did in my life was make y'all move. He said that when I and and when y'all said y'all don't want to, I went to the supervisor. He said nope, they got to move. I went back to y'all. And he said I hated that. He said but I'm so glad I did that. Now that's that's, that's one of the best things that ever happened. He says because this whole campground can't wait till y'all get here, and we're right in the middle of them, hundreds of campers, and and several people came up to us and said we're just so glad y'all back. And the kids play musical instruments at night. We do the rosary. We come back from the farm show and do the rosary in the middle of the day for the honoring of the time of our lady's apparition. And we've been able to witness to a lot of people who are Protestants through this. And and uh, more than more than four or five people came to us and say, we just live that. We have people that look for us, two different couples that just hold our spot now. Uh, they didn't even like us when we first pulled up because we had so many kids out there that we had actually confronted us in a severe way who now writes to us been to some of the the, the uh, people got weddings here two weddings they've they tra- traveled all the way to Florida just to be here so this way of life our lady wanted to expose we didn't want to expose it and we see this often that our lady puts us in a position but the the thing it, I wanted to bring this point up for is the the yearning for community we don't have it in the family. We don't have it in the, in the culture. People want community, and the future is community. The the thing is, people don't want to pay the price for that right now. So uh, it's coming up that we re- must realize that in our culture, that the life of community um, is so critical to the future because it builds culture. And self-governing communities are important. You won't have to live by what everybody else is going to impose in some state or some kind of crazy law they come up with. Caritas views the pilgrimages we offer as one of our most important ministries. 
Those of you who have traveled with us over the past 22 years know that our experience gives you the best environment to allow you to experience the true Magigoria. Our first and primary concern is for you to return home with a wonderful encounter with Our Lady, who will lead you to an encounter with God. There are many paths to choose in going to Magigoria. Our prayer, with God's grace, is to direct you on the best path in your quest for a beautiful pilgrimage. Many have told us that our pilgrimages have been the best retreat of their lives. This is our prayer and desire for all who accompany us. My experience here has been profound, and I can't put it into words. It's like a prayer boot camp. Caritas has truly put their hearts into this trip, and it's made all the difference in the world. For the most profound experience of your life, call Caritas at 205-672-2000, extension 218. We've got Ruth been holding for a long time in Medjugorje, and we uh, know she's had pilgrimages back-to-back, and since we just played that commercial, maybe we should have you come on. Ruth, you there? Hi, I am. I thought maybe you'd be asleep by now. <laughs> you got, you got, you got two minutes, Ruth. How's the pilgrimages been? It's been awesome. We just had one group leave um, about two and a half hours ago, and uh, very, very awesome pilgrimages. They've uh, gotten lots of graces, and... Um, very touched by Our Lady, so it's been, um, I had a priest on this pilgrimage who says you could just feel the graces uh, all over the place in Medjugorje, so um, it's been neat. So the priest that, that you had on this trip, has he, um, has he been there before? Did he go, did no, he experience he a conversion? Gift, uh, of, of coming on this pilgrimage by uh, friends of his who end up having to back out at the last minute, and uh, asked him if he still wanted to come, and he said, of course, you know, this because they felt that he needed to come. And um, he had a tremendous experience through the confessional, through the group, and and actually uh, just uh, told us that he um, uh, is uh, going to be offering, he's got, I think, three uh, Saturday Masses a, a month, and that he is going to give that, those masses specifically for Caritas and their intentions. That's what the, his, he's going to offer it as a gift of thanksgiving for all that he received from this pilgrimage. Beautiful. We have, a, of course, a huge, huge thing next July 1st to the 5th. People should get here on the 30th and leave on the 6th or the 7th or 8th, some turn that time. But Maria coming back for our country and, and having our lady here for the apparitions, especially having our lady here on um, to me, one probably maybe one of the most important Fourth of July since 1776, and so uh, I know you told me earlier that this priest, in particular, or, or maybe a priest on a previous thing, said he'd be here. So, well, uh, actually, we've had two priests in the last uh, on the, on the, the last two groups, and um, from what I understand, the one in the previous one has already asked off. He's uh, American, but he uh, has a parish. He has a, several parishes in uh, Canada, but this priest actually. Um, Father Gary just told me that he's interested in possibly getting a whole group together 
And uh, so he'll probably be giving the Karis House a call next week. Uh, he's from Louisville, Kentucky, and he's interested in, in possibly bringing a whole group down for July 1st through the 5th. Well, everybody that has priest friends, you'll want to tell them about next July 4th, 2008, and uh, be here for the whole week and when he preached here in confessions. And, and it's always a very strong conversion experience for priests that's come. Uh, you know, this message today when our lady said she said she'd be among us, uh, and I'm with you. She speaks about, um, you know, really, we, we kind of grow hard and cold and distracted sometimes. And, it's, and it seems sometimes the message gets more where it's difficult to penetrate us. And uh, we need to understand that Our Lady's coming to us is a great gift. Mm-hmm. I know Yako, when he lost her, his apparition, he cried for one month. Mariana had told me before that that um, when we were actually speaking about Yako, when she's, he, he still had his daily apparitions. And she actually said... You, uh, that poor boy, he does not know, nor does he understand at all, what it's going to be like. And, of course, he did uh, go into deep, deep sorrow. Mariana herself stayed very depressed. And I think we need to realize, just early coming in 2008, and this July time, is is a a tremendous opportunity. And as Ruth, you've had people there, uh, I know you've, in the last probably 30 days, 40 days, you've had probably three three groups there, back-to-back. And we're seeing some people waking up to realize, you know, that, that Our Lady won't be here one day. And and we're going to just seek that one more day, one more time. The sunsets in Medjugorje, Our Lady looked, or rather God, laid those out eons ago. It's beautiful. Ta- certain times of year, at the time of the apparitions, the sun's setting across the mountains. And you just see that sunset, and you just yearn for one more, and you just think, here Our Lady came one more day, and we need Our Lady here for this country. And she's been here many times. We've had over 120 or so apparitions in the field, in the bedrooms, mostly in the bedroom. And, you know, we want one more day for this to happen. But there'll come a time just like with Mariana, just like with Yaakov, where Our Lady won't be here anymore. And we need to realize today, Our Lady says, I've come, God sent me to be among you and contemplate. And so as we head toward our countdown end in our show, we want to talk about that or contemplate one more day with Our Lady. Last night I had a crazy dream Wish was granted just for me It could be for anything I didn't ask for money Or a mansion in Malibu I simply wished for one more day with you One more day Sunset, maybe I'd be satisfied. But then again, I know what it would Leave me wishing still one more day with you. I'd unplug the telephone, keep the TV on. I'd hold you every second, say a million I love you's. 
One more day with you. One more day. One more time. One more sunset. Maybe I'd be satisfied. But then again, I know what it would keep me wishing still for one more day with you. One more day, one more time, one more sunset. Maybe I'd be satisfied. But then again. We can really relate to this song. We've had Our Lady here on several occasions, and we always want more from her. And uh, we've asked before on several occasions uh, when Our Lady would appear, would you appear uh, again that evening? And Our Lady's complied that. We've had two apparitions in one day. Uh, it's sometimes puzzling. Maybe somebody may be skeptics. How can that be? But Our Lady's with us, and she wants to be with us, and she wants to call us, and she wants to, to really be mother on time and, and to be with us and so these are great great graces to have two apparitions in one day but we we always want more we, maybe even a third <laughs> but it, it's just so beautiful to be with the lady uh july 1st to the 5th 2008 start planning now i think we've got the hotels listed on magic.com if not we got it going out in our words of harvester but we'll probably have it on this next coming week and start making your hotel reservations now for those things. I think, Riaz, you have a few announcements real quick. Yeah, uh, we've got, just got a few minutes left here. This show will be available tomorrow uh, for download and for streaming. Um, and normally those are available around 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time. You know, I've got a lot of people that's asking me about downloads. They want to be able to download this at the time and listen to it in the car or, or whenever. Uh, is all of the last past shows available now on download? Not every single one of them, but there are a few. And the way you would find those is you would go click on the downloads menu on the left-hand side of the screen of Medge.com. And there's a, a item that says audio downloads. You would click on that, and it would have in the title Radio Wave. And so the ones that are available are there, and they would say Radio Wave on them. Will the others be available soon? Yeah, they actually most of the most of everything should be available by the end of tomorrow. Okay. okay. So um, <laughs> you guys, the good deadline. Sure. Uh, and then also the next show, the the next Radio Wave show will be Friday, November second. Uh, at 7 p.m., that's another two-hour show, 7 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, that's going to coincide with Mariana's message and apparition, or apparition and hopefully message, uh, for non-believers. Um, the, uh, the novena for our nation starts today. That is available on Medj.com. If you go to Medj.com, you'll see today is the first day of the novena for our nation. Right there in, in uh, orange, bright orange letters, you can click on that and get the novena um, for our nation, which actually is specifically about our nation. Um, and it's the seven novenas in preparation for the five days of prayer, December 8th through the 12th. When we, when we began these novenas, what, 15 years ago, John? Yeah. Uh, we never anticipated our country to be in the state it is in now. And, and some of the prayers I wrote, I even 
I'm surprised at how much it ap- is applicable today in the state of our condition, some of the things we're talking about on the show. So, um, in fact, the beginning quote quotes uh, George Manson. He says, as nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. This is exactly what we're talking about. Go online tonight. Get this prayer. Say it tonight. Literally tens of millions of these prayers have been said. I have a lot of faith and hope that Our Lady has heard these prayers for the, through the years and, and that we will see some of the actions in her as Queen of Peace apparitions uh, will be affected in the outcome by these prayers here. And then, uh, very quickly, the booklet Quietism and Why So Many Disasters by a friend of Medjugorje. Those are available in the Medjmart. If you uh, get, get, get those get, get those booklets, uh, just click on Medjmart and uh, enter the Medjmart, and you'll see booklets by a friend of Medjugorje. And that's Quietism and Why So Many Disasters. You're, you're not going to understand things if you don't read. You can't take what the media and the sources of information give to you now. You you must read. If you don't, Maria once told me that once you convert, that, if, that it's going to be very difficult for your salvation if you don't continue reading about the saints and, and, and readings about spiritual things. So that it's a must. And then one last note, once again, that show, a five-part series for Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping, will be, that's a, it's a Monday through a Friday, starting November 12th at 7 p.m. Central Time. There will be two-hour segments every night. Uh, from 7 to 9 every night, and that will be the 12th through the 16th of November. Uh, so if you, you need to put this on your calendar, make this a part of your schedule. And, uh, and so we certainly um, uh, encourage you to, to be a part of that. And uh, we thank a friend of Medjugorje for the powerful message that we heard tonight, and I think you have a few closing remarks. Thank you. And then also we, we do have one other little announcement. we got a fast, a nine-day fast. We're starting with people across the nation. Uh, that starts November 1st to the 9th. Call Caritas if you're going to participate in this. We want to give you a day next year that you'll cover in prayer plus the intentions. I think it's online too. I don't know what they have to click on to, to find that fast. Does anybody know? Mm-mm. The fasting. I think we made an announcement in it. But anyway, search nine-day fasting on there. Maybe you can find it. Okay, well, we want to say good night to you. We thank you for listening. We ask that you continue prayers. Don't hesitate to really get on your knees beside your bed and pray. Really pray in gratitude. Remember the saints tell us gratitude begets another favor. That Our Lady was among us today and she'll be here one more day tomorrow. God bless you. We wish you Our Lady. Goodbye to our community in Medjugorje. And we wish you all the best according to the message of what Our Lady wishes to give you.